Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Big day in baseball, Adam Ronis. It's a big Friday here. A lot of games on the slate. Yes, there is. It's still lighter than normal because you still have some teams that are actually off today, which we don't see much during the regular season. Pretty much everyone plays on Friday, but because of the early season scheduling where you had some teams have home openers yesterday, they had the day off today scheduled just in case of weather where we actually did get two home openers canceled yesterday, moved to today. So, yeah, there are definitely a lot of games considering – what we've been dealing with uh, at the beginning of the year because there have been you know quite a few day games and it's made the split of the slates kind of uneven but uh today is a day where uh, there's quite a few night games but it's still not the full uh season schedule which we'll see because it's just it's so weird having a team off on a friday like the mets are off today it is so weird to have your team off on a friday because it never happens I know, and so especially in the high-stakes leagues where you can make some changes, like in the NFBC on Fridays, you have to measure whether guys playing three games or two. When does it all go back into normal? How long will we have to wait for? I, I would think next week. Uh, I haven't looked, but I would think next week it would just be the usual. I just think it was, you know, some teams had their home openers last week on Thursday, and especially on the East Coast or areas with cold temperatures, they just made sure to have the next day available and open in case there were cancellations and we were fortunate week one there was nothing but obviously yesterday it kind of worked out because you had the two games postponed pushed to today so i would think next week and i know looking at the Mets schedule they play friday for the rest of the year so i'm pretty sure it's the rest uh it's the same for everyone else so looking at yesterday's games trevor bauer was taken out of the game with a no hitter what are your thoughts on that i mean i know it's early in the season but does a no-hitter, and you don't want your guys going in the full nine innings, but does it make a difference with a no-hitter? Would you let a guy go a little bit longer because of that? Uh, I think they baby these guys too much, but I think with Bauer yesterday, you had to do it. And I put on Twitter, too, I said, wow, this is going to be interesting because, you know, Bauer, he kind of does things his own way, and it's what got him uh, uh, you know, traded out of Arizona. He's just a, a guy that likes to do things his own way. He has his own routine. So I thought this would be a guy that really fought for it and would it would return and I mean would it, uh, would fight to return and you know I saw he wasn't coming out and but I think it was the right call. He was at 117 pitches and yeah he gave up no hits but he walked six. So there were a couple of innings where he had to labor a little bit. It's April too. You cannot push this guy. He's been fortunate throughout his career that he hasn't had any significant injury to the arm or shoulder. Last year when he got hurt, it was a comebacker. So this guy is in pretty good shape. He knows uh, and he, he studies the game in a big way. I mean, there was a good article on him in Sports Illustrated a few weeks ago. So he puts in the work. He knows what he's doing. And, you know, at least he said after the game he understood. And, 
you know, it was the right call. It's early in the year. So I think it's okay. I mean, no hitter. Yeah, it's great. But I think Bauer will get an opportunity again this year. He's going to throw a no hitter uh, because his stuff is excellent. And there's just so many bad lineups in the American League right now. Uh, it's unfortunate he doesn't get to face his own team's offense because he could dominate. <laughs> He'd have them. a no hitter every time it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was the right call, and you have to think long term here uh, if you're the Indians, and this is a guy that you need, especially with the offense being as putrid as it is, and you have to hope you get Kipnis back soon, and Lindor's not that far behind. Maybe they bring up Carlos Gonzalez and see if he can do anything. Uh, but this division is still winnable, as bad as the Indians look. You know, I'm not buying into the Tigers. I know they're off to a good start, and Shane Green has five saves, but this is still a division that can be won if they can somehow get some offense. I mean, this pitching staff is just so good. We haven't even seen Shane Bieber yet. He'll take them out tonight, but to me, they have the five best starters in baseball. You know, it's funny you mentioned about Bauer, that he was with the Diamondbacks, and they gave up on him way too early. This guy was... Nah, if you, you got to read the story, man. He just did not listen to anything that what he was told. He did his own thing. and Right, but look player, how it's turned out in, 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 with the Indians, right? But even it did with, turn out with a good story. It is, but even with the Indians, there were some times where he butted heads with people, and they said that um, Mickey Calloway was a, one of the big reasons why it was able to work. So there are certain... You're going to need a certain coach, manager, personnel to kind of deal with them and figure it out. But if you read the story with the Dimebacks, it was just he did what he wanted. Even with Cleveland for a while, he kind of did his own thing, and it had to be tolerable. I mean, he was giving advice and was essentially a pitching coach, the guys like Mike Clevenger. So he is one of those guys that just kind of does things his own way. Now, you cannot argue with the results. The first few years, they weren't great, but it all turned – to potential Cy Young Award winner last year, and we see the start he's off to. So I think he was one of those guys where, you know, there were no results when he came into the big leagues, and Arizona's like, no, man, we're not having this. And with Cleveland, they were a little bit more tolerable and patient. Well, well, let's make, I mean, let's make this a broader discussion. I think this actually ties back to yesterday's discussion about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. You know, great players know what to do in the right circumstances. Aaron Rodgers has a higher football IQ than Mike McCarthy. I mean, Trevor Bauer must know his arm better than these coaches. Don't you find that sometimes these coaches put these these kids and players into a box that they have to do it a certain way? And I point to Jose Reyes. Remember, he didn't run the right way, and they kept on trying to change his gait. Never worked out well for him, did it? Yeah, I mean, you know, when they're young players, though— you want them to at least listen a little bit. And it sounded like he wasn't listening at all. And, you know, I look at Kyrie Irving. I mean, this was a guy who wanted to do things his own way, was mad at LeBron. And now that he's matured a little bit and sees what it's like to be a leader, all of a sudden he apologizes this year to LeBron and say, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. You were right. I see exactly what you're going through now. So when you're young like that, you kind of don't know. And you know that. Kids nowadays, you, you were a kid, I was a kid. We all think we know everything. We have the answers at 20, 21, 22 years old. And then as you get older, you realize, hey, you know what? My parents were right. These adults were right. Now I see what they're talking about because you kind of have to experience it. Uh, But, you know, with Bauer, the talent is there. And uh, I'm not surprised. You know, he was my pick to win AL Cy Young this year. I just, I loved him last year. He was, he was a 
key piece to my teams last year that I got cheap because, you know, I saw the talent was there. And you could see in the second half of 2017, he started to put it together. He has a wide array of pitches. Uh, but I did read that Packers story, man. And that is just, you know what? Crazy stuff, right? All ownership and deserves a lot of blame. I don't see how you cannot see this friction going on for all the time. I there. said that Ted Thompson was like turned a Terrible. blind eye. And, and then how, how about this? How about the end? I mean, if you read the whole thing, even hiring a Matt LaFleur and almost telling Rogers, this is how it's going to go down. If you know, this is how this guy acts. Why would you do it that way again? Yeah. And you could see Rogers definitely going back to the draft. I mean, he was upset at McCarthy for taking Alex Smith. Uh, over him so Rogers definitely is a guy that holds a lot of grudges he's a he's a unique guy man I mean I think we all know that but man that we've all said it for years with the Packers offense I mean we, you, you just need to watch a few Packers game and go there's no creativity here it's the same thing and then obviously this all comes out and you hear a lot of quotes from former players but yeah, there's no way that with Rodgers as your quarterback in the NFL for all those years in the offense they had and the teams they had, that you win one Super Bowl. And we're finding out now why. I think we all felt it and we believed it. We just didn't have substantial evidence. And now it's also backing up what we and most intelligent football fans thought. As a fantasy owner reading that bit about Valdez Scantling? Because there was a time, do you remember, where like everybody picked him up, including myself, yeah, for a few hundred course. dollars? Yeah. We were expecting him, and all of a sudden, Roger, Rogers decides, I'm not throwing to this guy. He's not listening to me. He's not paying attention. I don't like what he's doing. And I, we were wondering. Like, he had like three catches after that point, and it was Rogers not wanting to throw him the football. As fantasy owners, I wish I had any of this information. Yeah, and I've always said this is what can make fantasy difficult at times. We don't know a lot of the situations that are going on in the locker room, whether it's off the field, personal. And in this case, it was something that we had no clue. We're just going based on the talent and opportunity, which is a lot of fantasy football. We're looking for, okay, is this player going to get in an opportunity? And it looked like it was with Valdez Scantling and uh, obviously, there are other dynamics that are at play, and that's what can make fantasy difficult at times. And when we're thinking we're making a rational decision, uh, there's just so many other things outside of it that we just don't know about that has a factor on play. And another example of this is, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you guys think you know everything. Uh, you're not coach. This guy's been around for 15 years. He knows more football than you. You know what? Not saying that we know the most. I think anyone who listens to us knows that we know the game well, know a lot. But don't assume because guys have positions in the NFL that they know what they're doing. I mean, we've yeah. seen a lot of ineptitude among coaches. Guys who, I mean, McCarthy's a perfect example. He's been around for a, how long? And you can he see. He lost it. He right? lost it. And you could see the hubris he had where he felt all those years where he had the loaded offense. Uh, yeah, we got it done. My system works. We're just going to keep doing it this way. Well, you got you to adjust to make changes, man, especially now with all the analytics and everything going on. And McCarthy clearly didn't do it. He didn't do it. And you find there are a lot of coaches that don't do it. Jeff Fisher didn't do it. Marvin Lewis, I don't think, does it. I think the Cincinnati Bengals should be, would be much better. You put Sean McVay on the Bengals, I think they'd be a much better team. But there was something in that article that caught my attention. When Greg Jennings talked to Brett Favre, remember when Favre left the Packers to the Vikings and Jennings was talking to Favre and Rodgers didn't like it and he shut him out? I mean, that's some crazy stuff, dude. It is. It goes to, again, it goes to show that Rodgers is just a very odd, unique individual. I mean, could you imagine like someone 
that at our company now getting upset because you talk to a former coworker at the FSTA, I mean, right. right? Like, come right. on, man. don't talk to the king, right? You can't talk yeah. to the king anymore, right? Right? Yeah, I mean, come on, man. It's just like, and I look, I kind of miss the old days of the rivalries, and it does bother me that the players are all buddy buddy and friendly friendly. I don't know if you saw last night; it went viral, and I knew people were going to overrate it, but. During a timeout, Kevin Durant and LeBron James were talking, and they covered their mouths. And I, they right. clearly were trolling people. And, well, of course, everyone's going after today. So I do understand. There is too much friendliness. But come on, to have a conversation before the game with a former teammate or Brett Favre, well, that's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong. Baseball does that. You know, a lot of guys get on first base, and they cover their mouths, and they're talking like has the wife and kids and stuff like that. Because these guys know each other. But, you know, when you see the great players, and I'll go to Tom Brady, Tom Brady and Julian Edelman, you think these guys like go vacationing together. These guys are buddies. I mean, Gronk and Brady. This is why Brady's been so successful. If Aaron Rodgers wonders why he hasn't won a Super Bowl, look in the mirror, dude. I mean, I know he's won one, but he could have won multiple. Look in the mirror. I think a lot, most of it it's on, falls on his shoulders. Yeah, I think it's a lot of people in the organization deserve blame. And look, they still won one with all this going on. And you don't have to have the greatest team chemistry to succeed. We've seen a lot of teams in the history of sports win with poor chemistry. I mean, look, Kobe and Shaq won together, and they didn't get along for a good portion of it. And it hurt them because they probably could have won more. Uh, well, well, you know, if, you, if there was a great uh, 30-30 about Shaq and the Orlando Magic. And the fight that he had with Penny Hardaway, I think if you had Shaq on with us now, he would tell you that he regretted all the fights he had with Kobe and Hardaway and all those things, that if he had just learned to play with those guys, he, I mean, how good would they have, they have been, especially Orlando? That was a special team. And it's part of being young. Again, you're hard-headed, you're cocky, you're dominant. You think you know everything. You just don't. You haven't experienced life. You don't understand. Obviously, as you mature and you go through life experiences, you think, see things through a different prism. And, you know, even the, I was, I think, two years ago, the all-star sit-down that Kobe and Shaq had, I mean, that was great. And you could even see Kobe was upset when he, Shaq was like, yeah, I didn't work out in the summer. I didn't need to. I just need to go in and down. And that bothered Kobe Bryant because that's not how he's wired. He's a guy that just works hard consistently. I just saw a clip where Kobe Bryant, some, some of his teammates said, hey, let's go out drinking. He goes, sure. He went out drinking. The next day, he knocked on the doors at 5 a.m. And they're like, what are you doing? He well, goes, it, we're, we're not compromising what we do. You, I, went, I didn't went out with you drinking. Now you're going to go work out with me at 5 a.m. Well, it's so funny because I watched on NBA TV, they have like old interviews and they had one with Mikhail interviewing Bird. Did you ever see that one? I did not. Any of those guys, nobody on that Celtic team could ever have gotten away with all the crap those, these younger guys have. Bird, Mikhail, Parrish, they would have thrown these, ML Carr, they would have thrown those guys off the team in two seconds. Those guys were all about team. Those guys were all about the practice. It's amazing. I mean, I'm not trying to say, oh, these young guys, but I really do believe these guys, these millennials, these young guys, they don't play the same way. I mean, look at all the stuff with Cliff Klingsbury and using a cell phone during meetings to give them breaks to, walk, to go on a cell phone. Do you know how ridiculous that is? Yeah, I mean, it's just a different era, too, especially when you're talking NBA and, you know, social media and, you know, Instagram models and everything going on. You've seen these stories with Kyle Kuzma and Ingram and the Instagram models. It's just a different era where uh, there's so much going on off the court that, you know, it can be a distraction uh, for a lot of young players, you know, and not everyone has the mentality 
to commit to the game 24 seven, you know, Kobe, I, I didn't know, I wasn't aware. I saw an interview with Kobe where he really said that, you know, he, he actually was really tight with Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan was a, a big mentor for him. Oh yeah. But have you seen the, the recent stuff with women's college basketball that they're firing these women because they're being abusive and Gino Aremia, who's like only the greatest coach of all time, right? He's like, I, 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 when I say something bad about a player, I'm not saying it to the player. I'm saying about what they did. And these kids are interpreting it the wrong ways. And they're saying, you know, years ago, these things wouldn't have been abusive. And now these kids are crying, get rid of this coach. They're abusive to me. It's Stop really me. a changed game. Well, people are so sensitive in the world nowadays. This is across everything. It's not just sports, but it's obviously trickling into sports a lot. I mean, people were going crazy on Izzo for you know reaming the player out during the timeout uh, a week or two ago. He and should that became a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's crazy now. Everybody is just very sensitive about everything. You can't even do anything anymore. You cannot coach the way you did years ago. You'll you get fired. I know. You know, it's funny. I always say this. Uh, my, my mom always said, yeah, I love you, but I don't like what you did, right? You could separate the two actions because I probably did a million things wrong as a kid. But coaches have to be able to speak to their players. Tom Izzo is a winner for a reason. He gets the most out of his guys. If these guys don't understand that, maybe you need to transfer elsewhere. Yeah, maybe that's not the coach for you. Yeah, exactly. All right, interesting discussion. We'll continue more with this. And, of course, fantasy baseball when we return right after these messages. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Scout Fantasy Sports Josh Harrison hitting 120 I think I expected a little bit more but did you really expect Josh Harrison to be that good? How long do you wait for guys to, to be where they should be, regress back to the mean? I don't want Harrison on my team anyway. I mean, what is he going to do? 10 home runs, 10 steals? Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. I'm Dr. Roto. He's Adam Ronas. And remember, check out DynastyKing.com, all right, if you want to play in Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues. And we're offering some big money leagues. Did you see that, Ronas? Some big entry fees in those. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, and good payouts too. I'd advise anyone who's interested to jump in now. Yeah, absolutely. DynastyKing.com. If you, I mean, there's no reason not to play year-round football. Football is a year-round sport. The draft's coming up at the end of this month. I'm sure we'll be talking about it incessantly. But uh, please be part of what we're doing here. And the, and it's just great. You can make trades year-round. You you're you're like a general manager to your team. It doesn't get any better than that. So check it out at DynastyKing.com. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this when we first started doing radio together. We used to scream at each other a lot. I think we've mellowed out over the years. I was thinking about that recently. Or maybe, you've, mell- maybe yeah. you've mellowed out. <laughs> I think that might be it, yeah. But yeah, I've been known to get pretty animated on radio. And I think the thing that people need to understand, it's never personal. I think there have been times where people get personal with it. It's not. It's just, look, I am very passionate about sports and about fantasy. It's the reason why. I've been able to do these morning shows for years because I'm a night owl, always have been. I'm just passionate about it. That's all it is. And, you know, sometimes I get fired up. I just remember in the beginning, like you would scream. And I'm like, are you done? Can I talk now? Like, I remember that. And then we could have a normal discussion. I mean, at least we weren't in studio <laughs> together because right, myself and Angle obviously did it in studio for you. And we honestly almost came to blows one day. It got a little ugly. So, you know, fortunately, we were able to, you know, put it aside. But, Kiss and you know, make up. No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> um, well, I do remember, though, I mean, we've, we, we've yelled, and, and the bat, but always during break, it's like, hey, what's up? What are you doing this weekend? And it's exactly, always normalized. Yeah, right? I mean, it, it never gets to the point where it's personal. We don't talk to each other because, you know, throughout the years, you know, people who have worked in, together in radio, we have seen it got ugly. I mean, if you, Mike and the Mad Dog, I mean, uh, for, they just ugly. hated each other, man. And you couldn't, you could tell at times. But, but wasn't that jealousy, though? Wasn't that jealousy? I don't, well, you think Dog was jealous of Mike? I think maybe I don't, in the I don't, beginning, maybe. I don't get I don't get that sense from him. Like he doesn't he clearly does not have the ego that Francesa does. Does anybody? Nobody no. in the world has the ego oh, my Francesa. Dude, like they had a like I forgot what the exact Twitter how, account is it? Is it Funhouse or something? There's some Twitter account that always mocks Francesa and they always like put up clips. They put one the other day. Of Francesca interviewing Darling, and he goes in this two-minute clip. We found out that Francesca did this. He he met this guy. He went to dinner with this guy. So it's like it's supposed to be him interviewing Darling, and like it's him Francesca talking about like things he's done. I, oh yeah, I know the president. I remember when Clinton came on with us, and it was like, wait a second, aren't you supposed to interview Ron Darling here? Not so. important. But by the way, speaking of the similar thing, did you see Stephen A. is going to get ten million bucks from ESPN? I saw. I didn't see the number until you eight told to me. Ten million, eight to ten million. He's making five million now. And and here's what the ESPN producer said. What you know? Why they like him so much? He's willing to go on any show at any time. That's what they like. He can't do anything. He doesn't know baseball. He doesn't know football. It's amazing. I mean, he's. I guess the ratings have got to be pretty good. And again, this could be the train wreck syndrome here, where. People have just been so outraged at what he says. They want to tune in to see what's next. And, you know, we are talking as knowledgeable sports fans and the people that we interact with are knowledgeable, too. So they have the same opinion and we think that's common. But there's got to be a lot of average people that are fans of him and then tune in to watch. Otherwise, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, look, and I'm just, if you're wrong, just say you're wrong. Admit you're wrong. Let's move on. I'm good with that. You, it's okay to be wrong. Adam, if you ever are wrong, just say you're wrong and I'll be fine. Right. right. I had a, I had look, I had a brain fart. Yeah, I should have yeah. known this guy's on that team. 
Uh, look, we've all made some type of minor mistake. I don't think we either of us would come on a show <laughs> and say that Hunter Henry is the tight end for the Chargers you oh know, during God. the season. Or Dwayne Haskins is a mobile quarterback. Yeah, exactly, one? Oh. man. I don't think I don't think we'd make mistakes like that. If we did it, it was maybe a slip of the tongue or, or something. Or the Panthers should sign Lev Bell because they don't have a running back. Right. Or we're fatigued or something. I don't think we'd make a mistake to that level. It might be a you know a, a name that we call someone the you know right. the wrong name we mix up someone the San Diego for, Chargers instead of right, the LA yeah. Chargers I mean, right I'm right. even I, I even yesterday I caught myself during the hour second hour of the show saying disabled list instead of injured list that's right. obviously something that we just got to get used to in the vernacular but I don't think we make the drastic mistakes and we cover multiple sports now to be fair yes he they they over, we said it we had this discussion about a month ago they overwork him like you have to know and utilize your talent to the best ability and say you know what maybe we're pushing this guy too hard let's ease off and, and, and I put give him, him credit by the way excel. right and I give him credit for not saying no to them like you want me on this show sure you want me to appear on this show you want me to do boxing like he's he's getting paid a lot of money he doesn't say no I give him credit for stepping up like that but you got to be prepared yeah, uh, that's that's the 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 part there that you have to understand because I think we all would probably say yes to any other oppor- any opportunity, especially on a national scale, uh, different audience. And don't be asleep. Do you remember when the boxing thing where he was asleep? Yeah, that Andre Fran- Ward had to had to wake him up. Francesca too. <laughs> it's Francesca sleeping. <laughs> I've never done that, Ronas. I've I've spaced out a lot, but I've never fallen asleep. Have you ever I done? Just have did. You, Sorry, I exactly. Just exactly. No. <laughs> that was one moment of listening. To nah, you. I haven't. I've never fallen asleep on air yet, and I just doubt fa- it will happen during an afternoon show. If That's it didn't true. happen at six a.m., I don't think it's going to happen at two p.m. in the afternoon. <laughs> I know people have repeated the same question at me before. That that has happened many times. Many times, right? That that I'm used to. That that's when you just know the dude's not paying attention. Like, did you just not hear what I said? So that, that's the only frustrating thing. All right, let's take a look at today's games, Adam. Got a big slate here. Let's start with a game that's going to do that already just uh, began. Seattle against uh, the White Sox. Kikuchi against Ronaldo Lopez. I like Kikuchi the first go-around. I think teams are not going to re- be able to hit him. He may become more hittable come like June or July, but I do like him the first time around the league. Well, he just put the first two runners on base. So it's first and second, no out, bottom of the first. Uh, Tim Anderson just had a single. Uh, the Mariners lead one nothing. Domingo Santana, a home run opposite field. Uh, Domingo off to a great start. And I believe he is the player that I own the most in fantasy this year. I just thought he was way too cheap in drafts. And people forgot what he did two years ago. So, uh, yeah, I, I have him in most of my leagues. All right, Dodgers, Colorado, Kenta Maeda, who I know you like against Tyler Anderson. The Rockies back at Coors Field. I'm not playing the day slate. I hate playing slates with Coors Field. Oh, you got lucky. Coors Field on the day slate for you, man. I know. I didn't play it. (laughs) I stayed far away. By the way, I did end up playing yesterday when I didn't want to because DraftKings put, they put, I won. The Indian, not a lot. I won a little bit. But they put the Indians game in that night slate, and I wanted Bauer. Oh, okay, yeah. What was his uh, ownership? 60%. Yeah, it was a pretty. It should have been ninety. It, it should have been ninety percent. So, and you know, I'm glad you said that because you're typically a guy who will fade the popular target, yeah. and you went opposite. Explain why you did. 
because he, I thought he could have 18 strikeouts. I thought he could go seven innings with three hits and 18 strikeouts, and I didn't want to miss that. So I had no plans to play, and I was absolutely not going to play. But when they put Bauer's game in it, I'm like, all right, let me go all in on Bauer and then try to piece together a lineup. I mean, I really made, no, I made some money, but nothing, nothing serious. Yeah, because as you know, on those small slates, you kind of get you got to get the guy who goes off. So I assume you needed Nick Marcakis to cash yesterday. Yeah, I didn't have it. I mean, I had when I did a pirate stack, and then I just did some other team, you know, Calhoun, and I had Chu. So I had some players, but my pirate stack was a, a lemon. Yeah, I guess uh, Texas was needed, and uh, yeah. and and Marcakis, who was five yeah. for five. Yeah, that was crazy. I didn't see Arte. He was good, but Marcakis was on fire. All right, San Diego against the Cardinals. Jack Flaherty, who I like very much. Uh, how do you think he stacks up against the Padres? Yeah, I think he'll rebound. He was not great in his first start. He had a tremendous spring. Padres do have some bats that do swing and miss quite a bit. He's at home. He's a pretty heavy favorite at minus 184. Uh, over under of seven and a half in this game. So yeah, I, I think he's pretty favorable. He's probably going to be the on the afternoon slate. I got to think he's the most highly owned pitcher. Oh, absolutely, without question. All right, Tampa Bay goes on the road. They play San Francisco. Tyler Glasnow, who I know you and I both like, against Eric Rodriguez. Rodriguez is a very soft tosser. I got to think Glasnow's in a good spot here. He should be. I mean, the key for him obviously is command and finding the strike zone and he had a shaky spring he was good in his first outing against houston you know five innings six hits a run a walk four k's only run came on a home run uh he only threw 77 pitches i think they're going to be real careful with him early on especially if he's able to get through the order three times they might not want to get him out there for the fourth so uh the whip is going to be the big concern for him but it's in a favorable ballpark on the road. He gets to face the pitcher. Uh, it's not a good lineup, so he is in a good spot today for sure. Uh, you know, I, in weekly leagues where I had him, I put him out there. All right, and let's get to the night slate here. Minnesota against the Phillies. I really want to stack some Phillies tonight, Adam, but there's like a big percent chance of rain. Uh, right now it's 65% chance of rain. I don't know if they're going to call this game or not. Jake Overeasy against Nick Pavetta. I like Nick Pavetta. Um, I'm, I'm wishing this game was going to play, but I think it's not. Yeah, it's something that you have to pay attention to is uh, weather, especially this time of year, becomes a factor. We've been fortunate so far. The cancellations that have happened have been very early in the day. Uh, but this could be uh, one where you have to monitor the weather. I know here in New York, it's going to rain all day. And obviously, we're not too far from Philly. So weather definitely could be a concern. And you got to follow it closely leading up to uh, lineup block. All right, here's an interesting contest. Cincinnati against Pittsburgh. The Reds are starting at 1-5. and five, The Pirates 2-3. and three. Sonny Gray against Joe Musgrove. Who do you like in this game? Do you like either pitcher? Do you like anybody in the lineup here? Uh, how are you going to play it? Uh, I love Musgrove for this year, and this is his first start. He pitched out of the bullpen, and he gets an offense that is just really struggling right now. I mean, they just the Reds just look lifeless at this point. Uh, again, it's only a few games and the weather and every day. Uh, Sonny Gray I did like going into the year, but uh, he was not good in his first outing. He couldn't find the strike zone. His velocity was down. And remember, he had the injury in the spring. I think he only threw t 10 innings in the spring. So I don't think he's someone you can look at tonight. Uh, but I do think Musgrove on two pitcher sites is a solid uh, second pitcher tonight. As far as the lineups, uh, I'd probably look at Adam Frazier 
Uh, he's been leading off, uh, stealing some bases. He's, I think he's pretty cheap. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's just not a lot to like in this game right now. Yeah, my big problem in this game is when I try to look at games for DFS purposes, I just don't want to see a line of 7.5. Seven and a half has like three two written all over it. Four three. I'm not going to get enough runs. I'm not going to be able to make big money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and these are two offenses that have really struggled so far, and uh, you know weather could always be an issue too. Uh, I haven't seen what the weather is tonight in Pittsburgh. Uh, 25% chance of rain, rain, and it's 51 degrees. So maybe that ball's not, not flying out yeah. of there. All right, Boston against Arizona. Rick Porcello against Zach Godley. You know, I don't, I don't like either of these pitchers. I think the ball could travel. I mean, Boston's favored, but the over-under is eight and a half. I could see me doing a stack of this game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Godley was not good his first time out, uh, and he was not good last year. So uh, I think you could, you know, roll with some of the Red Sox bats here, uh, you know, some of the lefties as well. And I know they've been a disappointing start, but, you know, I think J.D. Martinez, Devers, Betts, I think they're they're all in play here. And, Man, the Red Sox are just playing terrible baseball. Alex Cora was furious yesterday. I don't know if you saw, but uh, I think it was the fourth inning. It was a 4-3 game. Eduardo Rodriguez had two guys on base, and there was a fly ball hit to right center. And Bradley was going after it. Betts looked like he didn't really go after it hard. And Bradley kind of looked and thought Betts was going to be there, and it dropped in. It oh. should have been caught. StatCast said 99% chance that ball should have been caught. And it fell in. Two-run score. It messes with Eduardo Rodriguez's line. Not that he was good to begin with. But uh, the Red Sox pitching staff has been terrible. And again, I think it goes back to the spring where they did not push these guys. It's essentially spring training for them. And now they're opening with a long road trip, too. I mean, the Red Sox still are not home. I, I don't know. It's a, the, this is 11 games. They have three more games on the road. Is I mean, there? Do you, is there? I've never you, heard of this before. I, I mean, I, I understand it for weather purposes, but... It's not being done with other East Coast teams, so. But but right, I mean the games could have uh, you know been rained out in, in Boston. I get that, but I also I think you're forgetting the the, the World Series hangover. I really did. I it's I told you this all season. I didn't trust Price, and Sale is becoming more of a thrower, more of a pitcher than a thrower. I think his his velocity is down. I still think he'll be a good pitcher, but I think a lot of things are changing here. I think it's part of it. I mean, we have not seen a team in baseball repeat since the Yankees in '99-2000. So it is very. Uh, we saw Houston maybe go through it a little bit last year. They're still a very good team. I just think it's it's a combination of factors. I think that's one. I think two is, look, if you don't throw many innings in the spring and then you got to go out there in a live action, I'm sorry. It's just it's it's tough to do. And they backed off with all their starting pitchers. Then they, they haven't even been home yet, so they're away uh, in spring for Florida the entire month. Now they got to travel to the West Coast. Uh, another road trip. I mean, sometimes we don't look at the travel enough. I mean, we talked about the Mets the other day. They didn't get back to Queens till 2 a.m., you know, and some guys live in the city, some in Westchester, some in Jersey. Then they got to get to the house, and then they got to be back at the stadium the next morning for 9 a.m. And their trip back got delayed because they were testing Dominic Smith, and he couldn't uh, urinate because he didn't have any water in his system. They had to wait for him. That delayed it. So I'm not surprised the Mets were listless yesterday. They went up against Strasburg, and they basically had no sleep. So the Mets probably should have pushed that game back to a 4 p.m. start when they saw that the schedule was out. But I think the travel and the road trips. Well, you know, for the we Red Sox, I could tell you the, the Red Sox, though, because I, I go to a lot of spring training. They throw their guys about two to three innings. 
And then they throw the bullpen guys like one inning each. So I think the bullpen guys are more ready than the starters because they don't ever run David Price, Chris Sale. They never go five, six innings like some. But they do. also ne- they didn't pitch till like halfway through the spring right. in games. Yeah, you know, they true. barely pitched, and you know, it, you're that's why the spring is as long as it is, is because you got to get guys stretched out, especially the pitchers. And I don't think these guys are ready yet, and it's clearly showing. All right, Toronto against Cleveland, Adam. I I think Trent Thornton had a great first start, but I know you're going to think this is crazy. As I stand right now, I may go contrarian and stack some Indians. I'm loving Shane Bieber. I got Bieber fever, and I got to think maybe the Indians are going to hit against Thornton. He's not that good, is he? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, it was one start against a weak offense, uh, but stack stacking Indians, I think, has got to be contrarian. I don't think anyone has ever uttered those words this year. And that's where I'm going. That I mean, what if I go with like Leonis Martin and Santana and Ramirez? I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, maybe it'll be like three percent owned. I'll be your rich friend. It's got to be, or you'll uh, say, damn, why the hell did I do that? This <laughs> offense <stupid>. sucks. <laughs> why did I even think about this? <laughs> This team stinks. I told you the Tommy G thing. Never play guys who suck. That was Tommy's number one rule of DFS. I think you might want to take that advice tonight. It's probably going to be around <laughs> you know 32 degrees as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, I I, I don't think I, that Indians offense, I looked at their triple slash line today. I think their slugging percentage was like 238. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's yeah. so bad. It's bad, but I do like Bieber tonight. Oh, yeah, I do too. I mean, this is his first start of the year. Uh, they've had the off days. They haven't needed to use the fifth starter. Uh, and we've seen that with a lot of teams. Actually, take note of this for the Twins. They have two more off days next week. They don't need to use their fifth starter until like June. <laughs> so that's why you might not see Martin Perez in the rotation. That's okay. We don't want to see Martin Perez in the, in the rotation. All right, let's take a little time out. When we come back, Adam, I've got another stack that I'm thinking about. It's wild. It's crazy. I need your approval when we return right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, So we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Brainless! 
make it rain. Whenever this dynasty is all said and done for Brady and Belichick, I can't wait for whoever it is that writes the tell-all book. We're hearing more about Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy now. You're saying their relationship is so incredible. I'm saying, eh, not so fast. I can't wait for all the TMZ kind of stuff that I think is definitely going to come out about Brady and Belichick down the road. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Told you. (laughs) We're back with Major League Baseball season now in full swing. It's time to swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become their eighth $1 million winner or another one of the countless number of people of one hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars using DailyRoto.com to help set their DraftKings or FanDuel MLB lineups. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you are doing it wrong. So I want you to enter the promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount and you'll get lineup alerts. Which are great projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, the use of lineup optimizers that have already produced millions in DFS winnings. That's a 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at dailyroto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Yeah, I'm reading this thing about Carton. I cannot believe the judge said that. I can't believe that, dude. Yeah, it uh, it happens, man. I was a little surprised by some of it as well. You know what happens with judges is that they are supposedly impartial, except at sentencing. And then when they sentence, the partiality comes out. Right. Right? Because then they're able to say what they want to say that they've been holding through trial. Because during trial, if they say something that's impartial, if they say something that's partial, uh, the lawyers are going to object. It's going to go on the record. There will be an appeal. But at sentencing, when she says something like first time, long time, you know she's not throwing the book at this guy. Yeah, you can't have me be a judge, too, with a, a woman on trial that has a certain look about her because I won't be biased. I'll be biased. I can't be neutral. <laughs> right, crazy I'm like, uh, can I speak to her in my chamber, please? Exactly. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam, let's continue. Miami against the Braves. I know you're going to think I'm crazy. Kevin Gascan pitching tonight. There's no way this guy's going more than five innings. This guy's had shoulder problems. Maybe the velocity's down. I think the Marlins are going to be very lightly owned, and I might be in on them. Uh, Yeah, I could see Gossman not going deep into the game for sure. Uh, It's not a good lineup here uh, in Miami. Uh, I do actually have Gossman going in a couple season-long leagues, not because I want to, but because I just have some injuries, and it was against the Marlins, so I played the matchup, but... Definitely don't feel great about it. Weather is supposed to be cool there, too. Um, uh, who are you stacking on Miami, though? Castro? <laughs> that's the, that's not problem. stacking. I might Doc, just play two guys. Doc's trying to go real contrarian here today. I'm going to go on Indians, Marlins. He's like, I want to get the friend. worst <laughs> offensive players because they're going to be low-owned, and I'm crossing my fingers that they actually do something. What, what if I just threw one team in like that? What if that team hits? It's like hitting Powerball. Yeah, it's possible, or you'll just be like, "Light oh, money on fire!" Like thinking, man, <laughs> texting you later. I'm an idiot. Like, I hate this game. remind me, don't play Indians and Marlins stacks again, please. If I do that on the show, just wake me up and tell oh me no. God. All right, here's a stack I like: the Brewers playing the Cubbies. Jose Quintana against Brandon Woodruff. You can give me a Kane, Braun, Aguiar, Mustakas. I could get behind the Brewers tonight. Yeah, at home, uh, Quintana. We got to see if he can improve on last year. Uh, I think he did get better down the stretch, but Brewers have just been so uh, 
great at home offensively. So certainly Brewers bats are in play. All right. Oakland against the Astros here. Um, Frankie Montas against Colin McHugh. I'm a Colin McHugh fan. The question I have is, do you think he can go deep into games? And then what are your th- what's your thoughts on Montas? Is he as good as he looked in his first outing? Uh, I'm in, very intrigued by Montas. I picked him up before his first start because in the spring he had a uh, – and I wrote about it too uh, on the site, on scoutfantasysports.com through the year, uh, the preseason, that Montas was throwing a splitter now and his strikeout-to-walk ratio in the spring was great. Uh, and I picked him up before his first outing. I did not put him in my lineup this week just because it was Houston, and I know Houston's not off to a great start, but I want to see another start out of him. Uh, but I definitely think he's an intriguing pickup if he's still available in deeper leagues. I like McHugh a lot. I'm not really worried about the trenches into the starting rotation. McHugh has pitched in the rotation before and had success. He's definitely someone that I was targeting in season-long leagues. I know he only went five outings his first time out, uh, but he was sensational, nine strikeouts and uh, just uh, two runs allowed. So I think McHugh's uh, in play tonight. I know the A's lineup uh, can hit, even with some of the injuries they've had. And Matt Chapman wasn't in the lineup yesterday because of a wrist issue. He did get into that game as a defensive replacement, so he should be in the lineup today. Uh, but, yeah, I think McHugh is uh, as actually a fine play tonight. We don't really have great pitchers uh, no. tonight. No. The problem is, though, they're, they're going to make it, especially on DK. I would be shocked if I can get Bieber and McHugh in a lineup. Yeah, I think it would be virtually impossible to do that. It's too pricey. Yeah. So I mean, And then if I do that, I'm going to have to go with the Indians and Marlon Stack, which you just don't want to do. Yeah, it's not ideal. Unless right. you have so a get You can get one. <laughs> exactly. So I can, get one, I can get one guy in, but I don't know if I can get two, which leads me to the last game. Texas against the Angels. What about Felix Pena? He was not very good, but I think he's not a bad pitcher pitching at home. I know Texas really had a good night last night. Maybe those bats don't. Uh, are they hot for the second night, or can Pena shut them down? Yeah, I think he's intriguing. Uh, he's someone in season long, too, that uh, I've thought about picking up. That first week, I just didn't really have any pitchers uh, in my leagues I wanted to drop. But Pena was pretty good last year, late in the season, and uh, he's got a really good slider that misses a lot of bats and a uh, solid changeup as well. So he wasn't good his first outing, which is probably why people will go away from him. But, yeah, I could see him being a, a low-owned guy that actually produces tonight because people are going to be scared to throw him in there because they remember what Texas did last night. But let's remember that was Matt Harvey, who's just not the same anymore. Uh, so, yeah, and the Angels are a slight favorite in this game. Uh, yeah, I think Pena's intriguing. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's I got to think he's cheap on DK, right? Yeah, he's going to be I've, cheap, and, that, and that's how I won big money with Zach Granke the other night because he was so bad the first time. I got him very low-owned, and he had a big night. Yeah, and sometimes you need to do that because people definitely have recency bias. They, oh, I can't use this guy. Texas is on fire. They put up 11 runs last night. Uh, Pena's not that good. So, yeah, I think he is definitely someone that – I would think I would think you get him at low ownership because I think some people will go with Glass now. I think Musgrove will generate some ownership. I think uh, Bieber will. I think Woodruff might. Woodruff might even get some, and McHugh could. for sure will. I and I don't. I think Pablo Lopez too. I know it's again in Atlanta. No, but I he like was I very like good Lopez. His first outing. Yeah, I like Pablo the Lopez. The problem you worry about with a guy like Lopez and any Marlins pitcher is the win. But they have really good arms on that staff. For a team that is bad and the worst team in the NL East, they're going to pick off a lot of people with their pitching. 
I think their pitching, when we look back at it at the end of the year, we're going to say it's one of the top 10 in the NL. Uh, okay, I don't know if that's saying a lot. How about top top seven in the AL? I mean, the NL. Top seven in the NL. Yeah, that would be saying something because you got the Mets. You got the Nationals. Right, those are better. Uh, I, I would say the Brewers. Dodgers. Dodgers are better for sure. Uh, but I don't know if the Cardinals are better. I don't know if the, I Philly, would say the Phillies. Yes, with the Cardinals, Phillies. I'm not sure. I mean, a lot's going to depend on Pavetta and Arietta bouncing back. And you got Nola. Eflin was good his first outing. But yeah, I think you can make a case they're they're up there. Braves are kind of hit or miss, uh, depending on how those young arms progress. But the Pirates are hit or miss too. I like the Pirates, but they're hit or miss unless Tyon really steps up. I think Tyon will tie in a Musgrove I do like, but after, they do have a couple question marks there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, it, would, it sounds crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if the Marlins have a better pitching staff than the Cubs this year. Oh, yeah. I hate the Cubs this year. I, but I, well, the problem with the Marlins is not the pitching, just the hitting. You go down that lineup. The Chris Granderson still playing. It boggles my mind. Brian Anderson is fine. Neil Walker is old and decrepit. Castro is is solid. JT Riddle batting fifth. Should he be batting fifth in any lineup? Alfaro, I like. O'Brien's got power. Brinson batting eighth. There's about four guys in this team who shouldn't even be in the majors. Yeah, and you know I joked the other day about Castro being the cleanup hitter, and of course he hit two home runs against my Mets. But let's be honest, he's not a cleanup hitter. That's not a guy you want hitting cleanup in a major league roster. So. That's the biggest problem for the Marlins is the offense. And, you know, the pitchers will give us the ERA and some strikeouts and possibly the whip that we want. But at the end of the season, the wins are going to be very difficult to come by for them. So that's why I don't think you want to load your roster with those Marlins on. But having one is fine. I have Lopez in a league or two. And I wasn't like able Caleb to get Smith. Like Caleb yeah. Smith? Yeah, it seems like they're going to be very easy with him, though, um, and limit him. But he can pile up the case. So. Yeah, what about Alcantara? Yeah, I'm, I was impressed with his first outing. I want to see more consistent uh, command in the strike zone. But, yeah, all these guys are definitely intriguing. They all have a lot of ability. Yeah, I mean, they really do. I, I'm looking at something there. But my problem is, like I said, when I look at this team, do they have enough uh, guys in the minor leagues that they're going to be able to come up? I mean, I don't see a lot of talented hitters in the minor leagues. Maybe Victor, Victor Mesa, right? Monte Harrison. You see much more after that? No, not too much. And, you know, that's why I think they're trying to replenish that farm system once again. And uh, they're going to have to try and make some trades here. But there's not much to trade at the major league level. I mean, these veterans are not going to bring much back. I know. Did you see that? I don't know if you noticed. They have Victor Mesa Jr. and Victor Victor Mesa. Yeah, it's confusing. It is confusing. (laughs) And then Sixto Sanchez. You like Sixto Sanchez? He throws hard, dude. He does. He's just not. Uh, a big guy he's already been hurt so uh, there's definitely some questions about how many innings he could throw at the major league level right and you know what what started we didn't talk about trevor richards who had a first good start this year yeah he, he had a phenomenal change up man i mean the movement on his changeup uh has been impressive uh the times i see him out he wasn't as good his second outing but you know this is a guy that can get some strikeouts in uh potentially produce a decent ERA. I mean, he was solid last year, but, you know, four and nine, and that's going to be the biggest problem with all these guys. I mean, he did strike out more than a batter per nine last year. He had a 23.8% strikeout rate. Uh, The whip was a little high last year, but I think he can uh, 
potentially improve that this year. So, yeah, they that's the thing. For a team that is bad and clearly the worst team in the NL East, you would be like, oh, we can just stack against them and pile up runs on the pitching staff. It's not going to be the case with the Marlins this year. Speaking of change-up, did you see Spencer Turnbull yesterday? Did you watch any of his highlights? He had some nasty stuff yesterday. Yeah, he did. He's uh, an intriguing uh, pitcher in deep release. Again, the, I think the biggest problem that we're, we're watching early on in the season is there's so many bad lineups out there that we're going to see some you know, average to below average pitchers put up really good numbers because, again, these are just uh, pathetic lineups being run out there. And, you know, he's gone against Kansas City and Toronto. I mean, Toronto's had a really difficult time hitting so far. Kansas City obviously has a couple guys up top, but, you know, 15 strikeouts in 11 innings uh, certainly is going to open eyes. And when we're in those deeper formats and we got injuries, we're looking for some arms. And the other thing is, you know, he's going to get to face Kansas City, the White Sox, and Cleveland in that division. So that's three opponents that he just needs to be have average stuff against, and he could put up a decent line. Well, it's funny. I was thinking about this. Do you think that you can have a pitcher, let's say Matt Boyd? Do you think Matt Boyd, who if he threw for 160 innings, he'd like 190 strikeouts? Because, I mean, these lineups are so bad. Are strikeouts going to be inflated this year like never before in fantasy baseball? Yeah, they have been the last couple of years, and it's feeling that way again. It just seems like it's mostly home runs, strikeouts, and walks. And uh, I don't know if Boyd could get to that high number, but I do think that Boyd could have a good year. Last year I had him in a lot of leagues, and I think the one number that people don't realize is the whip for Matt Boyd. He had a 1.16 whip last year, and to get that late in a draft or off the waiver wire is a big value. And he had a 22.4% strikeout rate last year, so – uh, that slider is really good. He's a guy that doesn't throw very hard with his fastball, but uh, he's definitely intriguing. And, you know, the two starts, I know the Yankees don't have the same lineup, but for him to have 23 strikeouts in 11 and a third inning so far is an impressive start. And the one thing I've noticed about him, though, is like getting through the order the third, fourth time because it happened, it happened in Toronto in the first game of the season. He was cruising along, and I think it was the fifth inning where all of a sudden he was giving up consecutive hits. So that's the thing that he needs to try and avoid to potentially have that ERA under four. But definitely has a good arm, and uh, I know I had him benched in a league or two because of that Yankee start. And unfortunately, at the beginning of the week, we really didn't know that the Yankees were going to be without Stanton and Duhar, and the lineup would look like it, it does. But typically you don't want a starter on a bad team going into Yankee Stadium and going against that lineup. I know that can be very ugly. So I'm looking here. I don't know if you saw this. So in the Scout uh, Fantasy Sports message board, somebody said, would you get rid of Nathan Eovaldi and possibly pick up Domingo Herman or Sandy Alcantara? Sean Childs writes, this is how Dr. Roto gets more patience by preaching patience. The Red Sox won a ton of games. The Yankees are beat up on offense. Alcantara has one good start under his major league belt while pitching for a team that won't win many games. Basically echoing what you just said. So do you agree with that? Would you keep Eovaldi or would you go for Ramon or Alcantara? No, I would keep Eovaldi. Uh, it's been two bad starts, and I just think that I don't remember how many innings he threw in the spring, but I can't imagine being much. Uh, and it's just you know, bad start, the whole team, and it's taken everyone down with them. I have Eovaldi and Tout Wars. He was in the lineup week one. I benched him this week only because I felt like I had better options, uh, and I wanted to see him turn it around first. But, yeah, it's been a terrible start for Eovaldi, but we saw how good he was last year, and 
for those that draft him, you know, we were hoping for 140 innings, 150. We knew that it wasn't going to be a ton, and he wasn't going to be as dominant as he was in the playoffs, but he's on a team that's supposed to be good, and I still think they will be. I just don't see how they just collapse in the American League. There's too many bad teams for them to be right. eliminated that early. Like, as good as the Orioles are playing, come on, man. No one knows. It's not going to last. We all know that. It's still the Orioles. All right, let me ask you this before I get out of here. Give me a guy or two in the waiver wire that people should be looking at over the weekend. Um, and obviously it depends on depth of league, but if Christian Walker's out there, I, w- I would look at him. Uh, I think in Matt Shoemaker, if he's out there, I'd take a look at him. Uh, those are for like the deeper formats. And even even a guy like Anthony DiSclefani, uh, I've always liked him, and he had a good start. So those would be a couple guys off top. I haven't even looked at my waiver wires yet. I will do that today. Usually what I do is on Friday is I kind of go through the list, see who's out there, and just throw them in the queue. And then as the weekend goes along, kind of organize them. But, you know, I play in a lot of 15-team leagues. So there's not a ton out there right now. It's funny. I do the same thing on Saturday morning. I put them all in on Saturday morning, and then I look at them again on Sunday night when I hole up in the office and tell the wife and kids, give me a moment. I need some time to do my stuff. Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. And obviously, you know, some of those guys you got to delete. Like I put Corey Gearin in the queue last week, and then on Sunday he walked three batters. They took him out of the game. I said, all right, let me get him out. Unfortunately, one league locked at 7 p.m., and I got him, but only for like a dollar. So uh, I will just throw him back to the waiver wires. I would think Anthony Swarzak is the guy closing. Those are all the guys, too. I mean, he was picked up in a lot of leagues last week, at least competitive leagues. But if Swarzak's out there and you need a closer, I'd look at him, too. All right, who do you have next hour, Adam? Uh, Sean Childs will be joining me at uh, 3.20 p.m. Eastern. Oh, I know that guy. He works for us. Yeah, he's pretty smart, dude. Yeah, pretty smart, dude. All right, guys. (laughs) All right, guys. This is Dr. Roto saying be well, take care, enjoy your weekend. Stay tuned for hour number two of Scout Fantasy Sports with Adam. Right back with you after this.